Hey there, and welcome to the Oscars Death Race podcast, where we try to watch the, all the Oscar-nominated movies, or die trying. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. It's Oscar nomination day for the 95th Academy Awards, or rather, it's uh, the day after, two days after. Uh, hey, this, this episode took a while to put together. Uh, I have 13 pages of notes, and actually, those are mostly just outline, not even full scripts. Um, so there's a lot to go over. You know, most shows that do Oscar stuff uh, will focus on the main above the line categories. Uh, here, we're going, of course, for the death race with every single category. So you know, for this episode, we're gonna go for each category: uh, who was nominated, uh, who was snubbed, and then who was snubbed according to gold. Derby, you know, if there were five people in the ca- five slots in the category, uh, who was you know not uh, who was in the five was not made, and who actually ended up making it in, and how low and how lowly they were ranked. Um, and then you know, I also, if you remember, ran a contest a little bit a while ago where. We look at which films uh, you know people were predicting to get in. So I'm also going to use that data. Uh, we had 43 people enter uh, to figure out which films uh, most people predicted and which one, and, and as a result, which ones were snubbed based off of that uh, frequency, um, and also which people you know hey were able to make that wild, crazy prediction that actually did make it in. Um, and then of course you know we're also going to go over who I think is going to win, of course, um, in each category. Though don't hold me to these just yet. We do have a predict a winner prediction contest uh, later on in the season. Um, and yeah, and then, you know, of course, being the Oscars death race, we got to take stock of where we are, at least where I am in the race in terms of uh, how many more films I need to watch, um, which ones I need to make time to go to watch and like, make time for it to watch. And then which films simply, you know, people just need to find, which are, you know, I think there are a couple of here this this race. Um, of course, you know, the race kicking off, we have some leaderboards to check out. So first off, Reddit user Ford versus Ferrari has the OscarsDeathRace.com website already has 475 people registered for this year's race. There is one user uh, who already claims to have completed the race, though for some reason I find that highly unlikely given one of the films I don't think actually exists. Um, but behind them we have B. McMurray, Enya Survivor, and Adele all at 98% complete. Uh, meanwhile, I'm down at uh, rank 210 with only about 27% complete. And then also, friend of the show, Slight Astronomer, uh, producer extraordinaire of the Deathies, um, has his site, deathracetracking.com, which is linked to a Google sheet that is very convenient that you can use to keep track. Um, that's what I use a lot of the time uh, to see how many more minutes and whatnot of each category I have to watch. Um, so you know, I'll link to that in the show notes. Um, according to that list, uh, I am about 16th out of 26 people. Again, B. Mac McMurray uh, is currently on the top of that list as well. So like I said, we have a lot of categories, 23 categories to get through. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and get started. Um, just a quick note again, when I mentioned how many people from the contest uh, actually um, you know, predicted a certain thing, those numbers will be out of, again, 43, myself included, 43 people submitted to the contest. So you know, if something is like you know, four people predicted it, that's pretty small, whereas something is like you know, 20-something or even 30-plus predicted, that is a very sizable majority of that. So anyway, there's a lot of nominees to get through, so let's go ahead and hop in, shall we? Uh, okay, so first up, we have Best Picture. Now, these are all going to be uh, in the order that uh, Gold Derby has them uh, from in terms of how many people predicted them. Uh, so first, everything uh, we have uh, nominees are Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Banshees of Inisherin, Top Gun Maverick, Tar, Elvis, uh, Avatar The Way of Water, All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, Woman Talking, who notably got in on a very rare only one above-the-line nomination. Everyone else either had multiple below-the-line nominations nominations or multiple above the line nominations uh, and then kind of the surprise for best picture was triangle of sadness uh, which got in uh, from being 12th place um, it came in uh, as we'll talk about later with two above the line nominations now the two films that were skipped out were uh, the whale which was previously ranked number nine uh, and then Bab- 
Babylon uh, was uh, skipped over at number 11 uh, um, to, to not make Best Picture. Now, looking at the number of people from the contest, on average, uh, people had about an average of 8.4 predictions, the, mo the most common uh, being 9 out of 10. Uh, two people actually had a perfect 10 out of 10 uh, for this category. Personally, I only got uh, 8. Um, I had called The Whale and Babylon, actually, uh, over Triangle of Sadness and Women Talking. Um, as we'll see later on, again, I kind of did not believe in Triangle of Sadness. I didn't even have it making adapted screenplay or supporting actress, uh, much less the director, which we'll talk about in a second. And then Women talking you know i thought you know maybe at best would get score um and i did have it in for director but you know after missing a bunch of other stuff and being on a downward trend i thought it wasn't going to make it at all um meanwhile you know the whale i had predicted for three above the line categories babylon i definitely had overperforming in then compared to what it actually did um in below the line categories so i thought it was it would be a reasonable possibility but uh, i guess you know the european condition came out from triangle of sadness and you know i guess they also definitely wanted to have a, a woman directed film uh, in Best Picture, um, even though, you know, as we'll talk in a second, there are no uh, women directors for Best Director. Uh, speaking of those, uh, for Best Director, again, in order from, of Gold Derby, we have the nominees being the Daniels from Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, Steven Spielberg from The Fablements, uh, Bansies in the Seren uh, with Martin McDonough, um, Tar uh, with uh, Todd Field, and then Ruben Ostlund for Triangle of Sadness getting in uh, with number 13, actually, um, at 100 to 1 odds. Now, you know, oh, also before I forget, uh, my prediction for Best Picture winner will probably be Everything Everywhere All at Once, um, which I'll explain. Uh, uh, which, you know, they definitely overperform, I think, in many categories. And I think is, uh, in my opinion, um, at least my, one, one, my favorite for, of the year, but also definitely uh, something I'm looking forward to uh, see doing well. This, this, uh, it has all the momentum behind it, I think. Anyway, for director, my pick here would be the, the Fablements, you know, even though I would think I would prefer, you know, maybe like everything, everyone, pretty much, frankly, anyone except uh, the, except Steven Spielberg to win. I think the Academy loves him too much to not give him this this award. Um, but yeah, anyway, the uh, the uh, nominees were passed over uh, in fifth place. We had Edward Berger, uh, sixth place, um, you know, James Cameron, seventh place, uh, Sarah Pauly for Women Talking, uh, eighth, Baz Luhrmann for Elvis. And, you know, there were several others, but I, I figured... Going past eight was a bit excessive, and you know the fact that Ruben Ostlund had a hundred to one odds already uh, to be nominated for director on Gold Derby shows how you know this is kind of like an upset. Um, now, on average, people had predicted uh, three point six five out of the five predictions, most commonly four. Um, no one actually had a perfect prediction because no one actually predicted Ostlund would make it. So I think you know again a testament that this kind of came out of left field for most most people who were following the race. Personally, I got four out of five. Again, you know my, I actually had a no guts no glory pick. Uh, for Park Chan-wook uh, to actually make it in here for Decision to Leave. Alas, uh, we'll talk about Decision to Leave uh, in a little bit and how it underperformed. Um, but yeah, that did, not, uh, did not, that did not pan out for me. Um, let's see. And then uh, for Actress, uh, you know, uh, we have the nominees being uh, Kate Blanchett from Tar, Marcel Yeo from Everything Everywhere, Anna de Armas for Blonde, who, you know, had kind of been on the fringe. People were saying she could probably be the fifth place person. Um, so those are all kind of expected. And then, you know, we have we have Marcel Williams, who had dropped to number six for the Fablements. Um, you know, people will see, there were rumors that, you know, people were putting her in supporting as opposed to into lead. So, you know, maybe she might not be getting enough votes for, for lead here. 
here, but clearly that kind of came in. Um, this unfortunate, and then and then I I wouldn't say unfortunately, but kind of to everyone's surprise, uh, Andrea Risenborough, the 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 actress from Two Leslie, the small film with a big heart, um, ended up getting in. She had been number seven. Now for context for people who haven't been following the race too closely online, essentially what it looks like happened is that you know her agent, maybe uh, maybe her her or, or her management basically reached out to other actors that and actresses that they that they represent. Um, Kate Winslet, for example, and asked them like, basically had screenings, right? The, the way that the branch works is if enough people put you at number one on your on their preferential ballot, you'll eventually get in, right? And I think that's what Andrew Riseborough hit it. And it's kind of like it was almost like a something out of the onion or like a meme where like, you know, all these people are it felt like they were copy pasting the same quote over and over again on, on social media, but it just built up enough buzz kind of like in the right period, like right as voting began, uh, that people, you know, paid attention, put it on there. She got sat out at the Golden Globes, right? When Kate Blanchett won. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, this is um you know, this is this is a you know a testament to I think a new way of maybe doing uh, campaigning in the future where you have kind of like these micro campaigns. You know, again, you, you don't need to appeal to the critics, you don't need to appeal to you know the media as long as you get the right people who are actually voting in the academy for you. I think that will be a, a new strategy moving forward. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Now, uh, Michelle Williams at six and Asner Riseborough at seven skipping out means that Daniel Deadweiler for Till and Viola Davis for the Woman King ended up not getting in. So uh, we only have uh, well technically. Uh, one one to two, depending on how you can Anna the Armas and her uh, white Cuban uh, heritage, um, being people of color in this race. Um, I think personally that actually very bodes very well for Kate for for uh, Michelle Yeoh. I think people who would have maybe voted for Daniel Deadweiler or or Viola Davis will end up turning to Michelle Yeoh potentially as a, as the last. Uh, POC of the race. I think um, you know the the portrayal of Marilyn Monroe from Blonde. I haven't seen it yet. Um, turned a lot of people off from that film. So I think a lot of people will coalesce around everything everywhere. Uh, and basically that that puts Kate Blanchett's presumed uh, first place win here at risk. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Micelio probably ends up winning here. So uh, in any case, in terms of the race, on average, most people uh, the average prediction was a 3.09 correct predictions out of five. Uh, most people commonly picked the three. Um, no one had a perfect prediction. Here, actually, only five people uh, picked uh, two Leslie, uh, Andrea Riseborough, to get a nomination here. But everyone who did did not expect, you know, also Michelle Williams and 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 Anna de Armas to get in. They had, you know, Daniel Deadweiler or or Viola Davis or both of them still in there. So I personally am one of those who got three out of five. I did not predict uh, Michelle Williams or Andrea Riseborough, and had the other two in there. So um, yeah, that's a, that, that's a bit of a shakeup in that race. On the other hand, uh, for Best Actor, uh, we have uh, in order uh, um, Brendan Fraser from The Whale, Colin Farrell from Banshees of Inserin, uh Austin Butler from Elvis, Bill Nye from uh, Living, and then Paul Mescal from Afters. I'm really glad Afterson got in there. I definitely now have an excuse and a reason to watch it um, and make time to watch it this death race. Um, also, fun fact, this is the first time in 88 years that every nominee in Best Actor has been a newcomer who has never been nominated before, which when you consider the Academy uh, is, you know, 95 years old um it's kind of you know kind of makes sense so yeah i mean the fact that this is all newcomers then definitely uh definitely a great thing to see even though you know many people consider bill nye kind of like a legacy person at this point um so in any case, you know, Gold Derby was spot on the money here, five out of five in their predictions. Um on average, you know, most people had four point five 4.51 nominees out of five. This is the highest average category predicted. Um, you know, uh, um, you know, most people actually picked uh, all five correctly. There were 24 perfect uh, predictions out of 43. Uh, myself being one of them. 
moving then to supporting activists. Um, again, uh, despite all the belly aching from uh, earlier on in the season, how this was like one of the most difficult categories to predict, actually ended up being a very, very consensus uh, category by the end of it. Um, so we have Angela Bassett. Oh, also, by the way, for best actor, I think Colin Farrell will probably end up winning this. Um, you know, I think uh, I think you know Brendan Fraser is is doing well, but the end of performance in uh, of the whale in Best Picture, I think, kind of hurts it overall. Anyway, uh, for supporting actress, Angela Bassett from Black Panther, Carrie Condon from Banshees of Inisherin, Jamie Lee Curtis from Everything Everywhere, Hong Chow from The Whale, uh, and then Stephanie Su from Everything Everywhere. Um, you know, people were saying, you know, Dolly DeLeon um, at number, uh, had, would potentially come in at number six. Um, you know, maybe one of the women talking people, maybe Carrie Mulligan, even Janelle Monet potentially, or even Michelle Williams. Um, but I figured my logic on, on picking, and I, I picked all five correct, as did Gold Derby here. Um, it was that Stephanie Sue kind of got, a, you know, a couple of features in the New York Times and other articles kind of pushing her forward. I think um, that, that, that did, that went over very, very well. So I think, you know, that kind of came together, I think, uh, really well for, for Stephanie Sue and everything everywhere. So the average number from the people who responded was uh, 4.21 out of five, most commonly four. Uh, there were 16 perfect nominations. Uh, 17 people had missed by saying Dolly DeLeon, nine with Jesse Buckley, three with Michelle Williams, two for Carrie Mulligan, and then one each from uh, Michelle, uh, Janelle Monet from Glass Onion, Francis McDormand, and Claire Foy from Women Talking. Uh, moving then to supporting actor. Um, so... Oh, and also, I think Angela Bassett, I think, will probably win for Black Panther, which would be uh, the first acting win. Uh, and also, this is the first acting nomination from a, for an MCU actor um, in, uh, in the Oscars. Uh, okay, so supporting actor, we have Kehoe Kwan from Everything Everywhere, Brandon Gleeson from The Banshees of Inisarian, uh, Barry Keegan also from Banshees, and then you know we had Judd Hurst who was uh, ranked number six, making it in for the Fablements for his kind of glorified cameo role, um, and then Brian Tyree Henry uh, who was allegedly the best thing from the film Causeway, um, you know, getting in. He was he had been ranked number eight. Um, so you know, you know the people who have skipped over number three, um, Paul Dano from The Fablements did not make it in. Uh, Eddie Redmayne, you know, who was number five pick for, he had gotten kind of a late surge, got a nomination at the BAFTAs and so on for his role in The Good Nurse, uh, ended up not getting in. He was number five. Um, and then Brad Pitt uh, was skipped over for Brian Tyree Henry at number seven. Um, now, you know, my logic had been that I had, I got three out of the five correctly. I had picked Dano because, you know, he was number three. I think he was, you know, uh, I, I thought that his kind of more persistent role in, in, every, in Fablemans would do better than Judd Hurst, though. If he was going to miss out, it would be the Judd Hurst. And then I'd picked Redmayne over the others um just because i think it, you know bafta and so on but um yeah i mean and, and also the fact that you know i i had it pegged more so than henry because um if i picked dano there would be no new nominees uh no veteran nominees and in this case you know eddie redmayne being a veteran would end up being in there um in this case it ends up being judd hurst is the is the veteran nominee for this category now, on average, you know, I got three out of five. That was the most common prediction from people in the contest. On average, we had 3.19 out of five um, here. Again, no one actually had the perfect prediction. Two actually had predicted Brian Tyree Henry, um, but both of them also picked uh, Eddie Redmayne. Um, 38 people put, had predicted uh, Paul Dana, who was kind of like the big surprise that did not get on my name. Again, that's 38 out of 43 people. Um, 22 people had predicted Eddie Redmayne overall, and 12 people had predicted Brad Pitt. Uh, moving on to adapted screenplay. Oh, uh, and I think uh, obviously it's going to be Ki Hoi Kwan who ends up winning supporting actor. I think it's that's even more locked in than Avatar winning uh, visual effects at this point. 
Um, anyway, uh, adapted screenplay. Uh, we have Woman Talking uh, in their only other nomination of the night. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, Top Living, and kind of a bit of a surprise, Top Gun making it in um, rank number seven. Um, the ones that were skipped over were The Whale at number two uh, and then C Said at number six. Um, on average, most people got a 3.12 out of five, um, the most commonly being three. Um, zero perfect predictions here again. Four people did say the Top Gun would make it in there. However, uh, all of them said the whale. In fact, 42 out of 43 people said that the whale would make it in here. So again, that's definitely a big uh, miss uh, on, on the predictions part. Um, 29, 29 people said C said would make it in. And then some other people said, you know, three people said Pinocchio. One person said Marcel the Seuss with Susan. One person said White Norse. Personally, I got four out of five. Um, I had predicted, you know, Woman Talking, All Quiet, uh, Glass Onion, and then Living. And I had picked the whale over Top Gun. I was, one, uh, of course, one of the 42 out of 43. Um, I can see kind of in hindsight that Top Gun, you know, speaks a lot. You know, it, it's a very, it is a very clean screenplay in that it sets up the stakes of the of the of the um, mission very well. It sets up, you know, the, what happened at Top Gun previously. If you hadn't seen the original film, it kind of, you know, has these emotional heartstrings as well. It has the accent in it. Um, yeah, I think overall it's a very tight script, frankly speaking, with a little bit of talking about the, you know, the industry. So I can see in hindsight it makes sense that it made it in. Um, so and and the whale being kind of like a um, Contentious script to some people. Um, I think kept it out of kept it out of the top in the end. Uh, moving on then, as from from three out of five, uh, this one we got another one of the more uh, easily predicted categories: original screenplay. Oh, sorry, I keep on forgetting. Uh, adapted screenplay. I think Woman Talking is going to win. The fact that it got Best Picture um, and uh, adapted screenplay mean, uh, despite only having adapted screenplay, means that they think the screenplay is that good. Um, so I think that Woman Talking is going to make it in for Best Picture uh, for for adapted screenplay at the end. Um, anyway, original screenplay, everything, every, everywhere. Uh, which spoiler, I, and so I don't forget, I think it's going to be the pick. Um, it's probably going to be this one, though I would not be surprised if uh, Banshees of Inisiran actually makes it in as well. Um, who is the other, uh, said the second nominee um, uh, here. Uh, third one is uh, Fablemans, fourth is Tar, and then fifth is Triangle of Sadness. So Gold Derby predicted these five, and they were all correct. Um, on average, uh, the average nomination here, uh, for the co um, number of correct nominations was 4.42 out of five from people in the contest, uh, most commonly five. Um, 22 perfect predictions, which is the most, uh, most uh, I believe, after Best Actor. Um, you know, the least, uh, you know, the, um, you know, you know, um, the after sun had 12 you know two eats for, uh, for elves and babylon one eats for tar or menu or nope or woman talking uh personally i was one of the people who thought after sun would be able to sneakily uh sneak in here uh, but unfortunately you know that was not the case but i mean you know pretty much everyone got the first four right everything everywhere um banshee's fableman's tar it was really that last one that if you missed you missed only one no one had m more than one miss in this category so um definitely uh definitely a a, a a consensus category at this point all right moving on to num to the uh feature the the alternate features right as i call them you know not quite below the line but also not quite above the line um so first off we have international right so um big surprise here so first off so the nominees were um all quiet on the western front from germany who's been cleaning up in multiple categories argentina 1985 from argentina won the golden globes close from belgium did very well at the Cannes film festival uh quiet which is an iris film normally you don't see iris film in this category but this one is spoken entirely in gaelic i think it I believe it's the highest grossing Gaelic language film of all time. So you know that had very high reviews um, coming into the uh, coming into the into the race, and then. 
Uh, at number six, we have Eo, um, the Polish film about a donkey um, from a red legendary veteran filmmaker, um, also very, very high scores, many people's top 10 and even top film of the year. Now, of course, the fact that Eo got in at number six means something got skipped out. And of all things, it was Decision to Leave. The South Korean film legendary director Park Chan-wook did not make it in there. So, you know, Gold Derby predicted it. And, and so that means they got four out of five. Um, and frankly, most people missed this one, right? Um, no one got a perfect score here. I mean, the average was 3.49 out of five, most commonly three. 41 out of 43 people said that Decision to Leave would make it in, which, you know, there were two people who, somehow who said that it would, would not make it in. But they also had some combination of Bardo, Joyland, or Return to Soul making it in. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, given the, the rise of South South Korean music, I, not that it hasn't been there before, but the Western uh, acknowledgement of South Korean cinema recently was Parasite. You would think this would be set up, especially, again, with a legendary director, Park Chan-wook, um, coming in. But, yeah, I mean, he even toned it down, some of his more graphic elements down to, you know, make it more appealing to a Western audience. But it just didn't click. I think, looking back, right, um, it... It, it is a bit more of a noir-type film, which, you know, another South Korean film, bef the year before Parasite, actually, I believe, Burning, um, you know, did not get nominated as well, even though it was submitted. Um, and many people call that the best film of the year, like people are calling This Isn't the Leave here. So I could see maybe the Academy just it didn't resonate, and like it didn't have that same punch that Parasite did, as opposed to um, you know, the more slow-burn situation of... Um, you know, of, uh, of, 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 of burnings, for example. So I could see in the end why it makes sense. But I mean, you know, even if I won't say it's my favorite film of the year, it definitely was a great film of the year, I think. Um, and so it's kind of a travesty that this was not nominated and that means it didn't get nominated anywhere. So, you know, I mean, I ended up seeing it in theaters. I'm glad I did. Um, definitely worth the watch, but yeah. Anyway, other films that people predicted, uh, eight people predicted Bardo, and then as for the for the films that people, um, you know, that that were kind of like on the edge, you know, number five Quiet Girl, number six EO, seventeen people predicted Quiet Girl, and twenty two percent predicted EO. Um, I actually had predicted both of them, and this isn't the leave. Um, I chose that I predicted that Close would end up not making it, but I sort of gone with Close, I guess. Um, obviously, I missed this isn't the leave, so yeah, this was a this was a this was a big surprise all around. So um, yeah, not not much more to say there that that I'm not, that without me like kind of rambling over myself. All right, next uh, next feature category is the animated feature. Oh, also All Quiet will definitely be the winner here. I mean, it's cleaning up in all the other categories. You got a Best Picture nomination. I think that's pretty much a lock for the category. Um, animated feature, um, we have uh, Pinocchio um, from Guillermo del Toro, uh, Turning Red, Marcel de Sous with Susan, Puss in Boots, all of those, you know, were pretty much consensus picks. And then number five, so for most of the race, had kind of been up in the air. Um, some people were saying, you know, Wendell and Wild, some people were saying Father's Dragon. Um, it ended up going to another Netflix film, um, but actually it went the number eight film on Gold Derby, Sea Beast, which actually had 100 to 1 odds to it. Um, so it released earlier in the year, right? It, 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 if you paid attention to the, to the Annie Awards, it actually did very well in multiple categories there, so I guess that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it skipped over Wendell and Wilde, the Henry Selleck, Jordan, uh, uh, Key and Peele film at number five, The Father's Dragon from Cartoon Saloon, who at number six, you know, they they have broken the streak of always getting nominated for Best pick for best Animated Feature. Uh, Strange World somehow was ranked higher than at number seven, um, which thank God, but yeah, so Gold Derby had four out of five. Um, on average, most people had a 3.98 out of five, or about four and most commonly four out of five. So again, you know, 
you know, uh, two people had it perfectly actually. Um, you know, uh, you know, mo- everyone, pretty much everyone got the first four, and then you know, tw- twenty people predicted Wendell and Wild, fourteen predicted Father's Dragon, five predicted Inuo, three predicted Apollo, ten and a half, um, and then yeah, four act- four people actually had predicted Sea Beast, but they had also picked Wendell or Father's getting in there as well. So um, yeah, congrats to the two people who ended up getting all five. Personally, I was far to five. I was one of the people who thought uh, Father's Dragon would get in over Sea Beast. Uh, and then uh, for documentary films, uh, oh, and yeah, Pinocchio is definitely going to win uh, animated feature. Uh, for documentary, uh, we have All the Beauty and Bloodshed, um, at, um, and then All That Breeds, Fire of Love, Navalny, and then A House Made of Splinters, which was the number 10 film in the category, actually, with 100 to 1 odds making it in. So Gold Derby uh, got four out of five correct, obviously. Um, you know, number five was Descendant, the Obama film. Uh, number six was Territory. Seven was Moon Age Daydream. Eight was Bad Axe and the nine were the Janes. So on average, people from the contest had 3.7 out of five, most commonly four. Um, only one person got it perfectly, actually. Uh, four people had predicted House of Splinters, myself included. Um, but, you know, myself and two others got it in- got uh, other films incorrect on the list. Um, 24 people had thought it would be, you know, Descendant. 11 people thought it would be Moon Age, Moon Age Daydream. Seven thought the Territory. Six thought it would be Bad Axe. Uh, even though I got House of Splinters, I actually ended up getting only three out of five. Uh, my logic was that, um, you know, I thought Fire of Love was very similar to Apollo 10 and a half. Um, uh, sorry, Apollo, not 11 and a half, Apollo 11, the documentary with archival footage from a while ago. So I thought that would kind of, you know, over like overshadow that. Um, I thought Bad Axe would get in kind of like on a wave of, you know, Asian American uh, representation in the film um, and, and the topic of that film being, uh, you know, kind of related to that. Um, and then Fire, and then Navalny, you know, is a film about, you know, about a, a, a Russian uh, um dissident who ends up getting poisoned um i thought you know obviously it'd be kind of timely with regard to the whole ukraine slash russia situation but i thought you know a housemate of splinter would actually be the surprise nominee here and kind of replace a navalny clearly that was not the case so uh, i only ended up getting three out of five here uh moving on to the technical categories uh we have uh we have oh and then I think all the beauty and bloodshed probably wins. This is like I'm not as certain about this one who's going to win. So I will I'll right now say all the beauty and bloodshed. But I mean none of them overlap with any other categories. Um, anyway, we have editing. We have Top Gun, Maverick, uh, and then we have Everything Everywhere. Uh, we have Elvis, and then skipping down to number six, we have Banshees of Inisherin, and then number nine, which I think was a surprise for most people, Tar getting in. So on average, people had uh, three out of uh, so Gold Derby had three out of five. Uh, the surprise here, you know, All Quiet, despite doing well elsewhere, did not get in at being number four. Fablements number five did not make it in. Avatar: Way of Water did not make it at number seven, and then Babylon number eight uh, did not make it in either. So the average here was 3.44 the mode was three um now three people did get it perfectly you know four people had predicted tar would would get the nomination which you know i really liked nominations for tar um i really like i really liked tar's uh editing when i saw it i thought that maybe there wasn't enough buzz about it at other precursor shows but i guess you know you know, other editing friends of mine, you know, said it was very, very well edited. So I sort of believe, I guess, people in the industry, um, you know, anyway, four people had predicted Tar. One had also said Babylon, which, you know, I wouldn't be upset if it, if it had made it in, but Babylon would make it in. So only three people got it correct. Um, kind of like the big spoilers, I think 23 people predicted the Fableman, 16 prevented All Quiet, 16 prevented, uh, predicted um, Avatar, and then nine people predicted Babylon. Myself, I got four out of five. I will say I did call Banshees getting in there. My logic being that, 
you know, I think Banshees is one of the main best picture contenders. So editing being a precursor to the best picture, I think Babel, uh, Banshees would be in there in that conversation. Um, you know, I thought Avatar would get would be the one who get in there. It turns out it was Tar instead, um, who's actually looking a lot better in terms of where it could potentially end up. Uh, I think Tar is kind of you know going to the whole broader best picture conversation. Tar is kind of supplanted, I would say, Fablemans as kind of like the third film in that trifecta of, of front runners to actually win uh, the nomination, especially uh, getting the editing nomination here. Uh, moving into cinematography, this one was whew, This is a this was a category. So you know, uh, currently, um, oh, and I think everything everywhere will editing. Um, so anyway, cinematography. Oh, sorry, sorry. I think Top Gun will win editing for reasons I'll explain later. Um, cinematography, okay. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front uh, and Empire of Light were the only two that Gold Derby had predicted making it in that actually ended up getting in here, so that is crazy. Um, the other nominees were Elvis, who was number seven, uh, Bardo, who was number eight, and then uh, Tar, who was number 11. Um, so, okay, let's see. Top Gun is the big exclusion here. It was number one, you know, I mean... It, Claudio Miranda, I cleaning up at all the precursors, ended up getting, you know, all of the, uh, ended up sewing up on all of the, you know, American Society of Cinematographers, British Society of Cinematographers. I mean, like, everyone was going for Top Gun. Did people just forget to, to nominate this one since they thought everyone else would be doing it? Uh, yeah. Uh, and then Batman, Greg Fraser, right, uh, also similarly was sewing up on a lot of precursors, did not make it in there, which, by the way, um, so I mentioned before, I, I'm doing, I was doing fantasy uh, awards season on Red Carpet Rosters. I had Greg Fraser in my cinematographer slash editor spot uh, because I thought that, you know, he would end up, uh, you know, I thought he was a lock to get in here. Um, nope. And that ended up costing me the race. Uh, if I'd actually run the Banshee's editor, who I also had, but sitting on my bench instead of Greg Fraser, I actually would have tied with Jeff from Classic Movies Lives. Alas, I am now knocked out of the playoffs and will be playing for fifth place on Champions at Night. Anyway, Batman, uh, also surprised. Um, you know, Avatar, you know, had some some buzz, not quite as much. Uh, Fablemans, you know, Janice Kaminsky didn't really have any nominations at all. Um, Babylon, I really enjoyed the cinematography. The one shot in particular, um, don't think it had any real buzz. And then everything, every where I don't think also was really in the conversation. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm glad that um, Florian Hoffmeister for, for, for Tari got in. I think Bardo makes sense. You know, he did get a nod from the uh, ASC and, you know, Darius Kanji has won before. And then Mandy Walker for um, Elvis. Um, actually had gotten a bunch of uh, precursor knobs as well. Um, so I think she would see, I, I had her in as well. So, you know, my predictions, I ended up getting two out of five, which is the most common, right? On average, people only got 1.9 out of three predictions, which is, the, this is the worst category, excluding the sword categories. Um, the worst category that for people's predictions, only two out of five on uh, for most people. I personally had Empire of Light, Roger Deakins, of course, and then Elvis. Um, I didn't think All Quiet would, I thought All Quiet would do a lot worse than it actually did. I thought that the BAFTA performance was a bit of a, you know, you know, obviously World War World War One being very personal to the British. Um, I think I thought would kind of was reflected in BAFTA bias. Nope, it was actually just the real thing. Um, you know, I mean, Bardo, I, I I knew it had a possibility, but I thought it was just you know very very slim chance of it getting in there. And then Tar, I mean, just you know was not in the conversation at all for most people. So I mean, I opted for Top Gun, Batman, and Avatar again. So um, anyway, uh, in terms of uh, predictions, you know, no one got it perfect, of course. Uh, forty one people out of forty three thought that Top Gun would get a nomination here, and that did not happen. Two people actually, uh, the two people actually did who did not have uh, Claudio Miranda in here um, did actually also predicted either Avatar or Everything Everywhere. So, um, yeah, they they missed their chance to, to have some glory here. 
Um, but yeah, uh, definitely a rough category for Dixon Wise. Uh, moving on to score. Um, oh, and and with um, with uh, Top Gun out of, out of the way, um, it's going to end up going to All Quiet. I think as kind of like the obligatory war film at this point. Um, moving on to score, uh, we have Babylon, uh, Fablemans, Banshees of Inisherin, All Quiet on the Western Front at number six, and then in a bit of surprise, Everything Everywhere at number ten, who also had a hundred to one odds. So Gold Derby had three out of five um, correct. Um, Pinocchio at number three was skipped. Uh, Woman Talking uh, was split. Was what number five was was skipped. Um, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever at number seven. Woman King at eight, and then Avatar nine were also all skipped. So on average, people got three uh, two. 0.9 out of three, uh, five, about three out of five is the most common. Only three people actually had predicted everything everyone would get in, but they also had other wrong answers, so no one had a perfect prediction here. Uh, six people got all quiet correct. Um, uh, you know, one person had all quiet as the only correct score actually, um, whereas you know two people had it and 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 went four out of five, missing on having woman talking about Pinocchio in, and then one person had both it and everything everywhere, but they thought they had that Pinocchio would make it in. Uh, the two that ended up missing were very commonly picked. Uh, Pinocchio had 38 out of 43, and a woman talking at 37 out of 43. So, I mean, most people just missed on those two make, not making it in, um, which is the case for me. I had three out of five uh, and thought those two would making it in over All Quiet and Everything Everywhere. So, not sure, I guess, what the Everything Everywhere score was doing for people. I guess it's just the people in the score, music bands really loved the film and wanted to show their love for it. Uh, moving on, then we have the score, the sound category, which is you know historically very tied to uh, editing. Um, so Top Gun, Avatar, Elvis, and All Quiet were the four gold derby predicted that made it in. And then number five, Everything Everywhere, who did very well at one of the audio guilds, um, ended up not making it. They were number five, and instead Batman made it in. Um, so you know uh, on average four point two three, which you know mo the most common was uh, was four people was four correct predictions. Um, I personally uh, got four out of five i had everything i had everything everywhere in because of their strong guild performance overall quiet again who i underestimated um 14 people got it correct um 19 people had predicted everything everywhere would get in and then 12 people predicted babylon would be kind of the last one in there which also makes sense um but i mean with you know um with you know I, i'm glad i was able to predict the batman getting in even if i underestimated all quiet and yeah, I think because, um, you know, with this, uh, you know, the ones that overlap, you know, Top Gun uh, overlaps between the two um, and then Elvis overlaps between the two. I believe those are the only two between editing uh, and sound. I think uh, those are the two kind of front runners for those two categories. And personally, I just think the sound of Top Gun is so much stronger that I think that trend of editing and sound going hand in hand uh, will continue on this year. Uh, moving on to production design, we have uh, Babylon, Avatar, Elvis, All Quiet on the Western Front, and then Fablemans at number six. Um, the su surprise here was that, uh, you know, four out of five from Gold Derby, Black Panther, which was number four, was skipped. Um, personally, I wasn't, you know, the Fablemans production design was, I guess, fine. Um, it didn't really stand out to me like it did for others, but I guess, you know, Black Panther being maybe a lot of CGI in there maybe held it back. Um, though I guess Avatar also was like that, so I don't know. Um, anyway, most people, the average score here was 3.72 most commonly four um seven people got this one correctly you know 21 people did have the fablements but 14 had other incorrect guesses um 27 people thought that wakanda would make again eight thought everything everywhere seven thought glass onion would get it in personally i had three out of five um i thought that batman actually would be able to get in here which you know i definitely overestimated the batman um and then i also thought black panther would make it in again over all quiet and the fablements um but actually i was the only person who thought that the batman would make it in here so i guess you know 
I was a little too optimistic for that. In my defense, you know, I was looking at the uh, at the art directors guild and the set dressers set dressers uh, guild, um, and you know, I thought Batman was doing well over there, so I thought it had a chance, but uh, apparently not. Uh, moving then to uh, oh, and Babylon, I think is going to end up winning uh, production design. Uh, moving on to uh, makeup and hair, I think so. The nominees here are The Whale, Elvis, Batman, All Quiet, and Black Panther. Gold Derby gave this got this five out of five. Um, on average, you know, a little bit more t- tougher for most people. You know, three point seven two out of five, most commonly four. Um, I think people try to get a little too cute with this one. You know, there were three people who got it perfect, um, but I thought you know, tw- but twenty one people thought that Babylon would make it, and which you know is reasonable. I think the real people tried to get cute was twenty people thought Blonde would make it, in, and then eight people thought Amsterdam. Dan would make it in. Uh, and then shout out to the five people who actually thought Crimes of the Future would somehow make it in, which, you know, inspired Gutsy Pick, uh, but not the, what you want to do for a predictions contest, I think. Anyway, personally, I got three out of five. Um, I had thought uh, Babylon and Blonde would make it in uh, over All Quiet and Black Panther here. So, um, yeah, I was one of the ones who thought Blonde, well, who tried to get cute with Blonde. Um, moving in then to costume, uh, we have, oh, and then the winner here for, for makeup, I think will be, uh, the whale, um, personally, though I think I see Elvis, um, doing well, um, just because of how well it's doing. I think the whale, just because of the, the prosthetic suit, I think is, is the most impressive, I think, for people. Uh, costume, we have Black Panther, Elvis, Babylon, Miss Harris Goes to Paris, and Everything Everywhere um, at number six, kind of being a surprise. Um, so Gold Derby had four out of five. Uh, Woman King um, was number four, who they predicted, but ended up getting skipped. And again, Woman King got snubbed entirely at the Oscars this year. On average, 3.95 out of five, most commonly four. Uh, four people got it perfect. Uh, 16 people thought Everything Everywhere would be able to make it in there. 28 people thought the Woman King uh, would make it in there which is you know why a lot of people missed um and then again a lot of people tried to be cute with you know either amsterdam or fablemans living corsage even some people with don't worry darling or blonde in there uh, myself i was somehow one of the four people who got uh, this entire category correct i don't know how um but yeah i i i guess i thought that woman king's time had come and gone so i just kind of started in the number six film everything everywhere that's how i was able to get it <laughs> Um, moving in to number to the song category. Oh, and I think the the winner here I think is probably Elvis. Um, moving on to the song category, uh, we have uh, Natu Natu from RRR, Lift Me Up from Blank Panther, Hold My Hand from Top Gun, Tell It Like a Woman from Applause, the Diane Warren song. And then the surprise is that uh, Everything Everywhere, who had, I believe, was like number 10 or something, um, you know, had like 100 to 1 odds uh, and ended up getting in here for This Is A Life. So the snub here was that the fourth rated film, uh, Xiao Papa from Pinocchio, ended up not making in there. And then, you know, other songs that got passed over for Everything Everywhere uh, were the Quadrat Sing song from Taylor Swift, uh, Till, the song from Till, Avatar, White Noise, um, the New Body Rumba, a song from Man Called Otto, and even, you know, the Spirited song with Ryan Reynolds all got passed over you know on average you know 3.53 out of 5 and most commonly 4 most people actually only one person got uh, it correct and they were the only person to predict that this is a life would make it in there Uh, so congrats to you Uh, 37 out of uh, 43 people uh, thought that Pinocchio would be able to make it in would would make it in here myself included so I went 4 out of 5 you know people who didn't uh, think that Pinocchio would make it in there had thoughts like you know the Selena Gomez film or the and 13 you know and then and, and what the Claudette sings till you know uh, 13 people by the way are Swifties uh, in this in this in this uh, contest so um yeah uh, I, I I fully expect this to go to not to not to at the end of the night 
Um, and then, you know, kind of last feature category, technical category is um, is the visual effects. Avatar, who just out of the gates, going to win this for sure. Um, Top Gun, Batman, All Quiet, and Black Panther. Um, this was five out of five from Gold Derby and fairly well 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 predicted category. 4.12 out of five, um, most commonly four. Um, 11 perfect scores here. Uh, 20 people, including myself, thought that, you know, the news that 13 lives had done very well at the at the visual effects bake-off, that it, you know, uh, had gotten a nomination at the uh, supporting uh, supporting VFX for the Visual Effects Society, thought it would get in at number five, I think over Black Panther, um, but you know, alas, that was not the case. Nine people thought Nope would get in, six people thought, uh, and then three people thought Doctor Strange would make it in. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah, but it, it was just the big blockbusters, basically. Um, moving then to the sorts categories. Um, so, you know, again, these are always super hard to look at. Um, for live action sorts. So, you know, nominees are, uh, I'm just going to name the rank and then also how many people predicted it. Um, so, Le Pupil at number one had 39 predictions. Uh, An Irish Goodbye at number two had 36 predictions. Red Suitcase, number four uh, on Gold Derby had 33 predictions. And then we skip down to number seven, Ivalu uh, had 13 predictions. And then AODR Film Fest Festival uh, participant Night Ride, twelfth uh, on the rankings, ended up getting in with a hundred to one odds, and only five people predicting it would make it in. Congrats to you, five. Um, the ones that were higher up that did not make it in: Warsaw uh, at number three, and Nakam at number five. Um, on average, again, sorts are always just crap suit. Two point nine three out of five, most commonly three. No perfect predictions. You know, ten people were uh, four out of five. Um, they had either picked Warsaw, uh, who had thirty three predictions, Nakam which had 19 predictions, or Lone Wolf had 16 predictions. Personally, I had gotten cute. Uh, so I, I did get the first two correct, Le Pupil and Iris Goodbye, but I went for Warsaw. So my logic for all of these categories was, you know, pick the first three, and then pick the film, pick like a film that has 100 to 1 chances, and then pick like a film halfway between those two. So that worked out that it would be the first three, uh, Le Pupil, Iris Goodbye, which I got, and then Warsaw. Um, and then I thought that Lone Wolf at number six would make it in, and then Tool at number 13. But I mean, that was just random, more or less. Um, animated sorts. Um, so you know, first we had the boy, the fox, the the, the boy, the mole, the fox, the horse at number one with forty one uh, predictions. Um, the flying sailor at number three had uh, twenty nine predictions. My year of dicks uh, had, which is the fun name to say, um, five uh, in fifth place had twenty one predictions. Um, and Auschwitz told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. At number six had eighteen predictions, and then Ice Merchants at number seven had twenty four predictions. So this is actually all a very very you know near the top of the first half of the nominees. Um, three out of five still. Uh, New Moon at number two did not make it in there. They had thirty five predictions, and then uh, Save Ralph at twenty six predictions at number. Four. Four did not make it in. So on average, a little bit better uh, than the live action. So it's 3.09 out of five, most commonly three. Again, no perfects. Um, you know, we also had, you know, some people, there were 13 people who went four out of five. Um, you know, uh, pe- some people, the, one, the ones that kind of threw them off were Sierra, More Than I Want, Black Slide, Nice In Here, Passenger, and so on. Um Personally, I got a uh, boy. The, I got uh, the first one. Uh, only one out of the five. Boy, the boy, the whole, the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse getting in. Um, I went for again two and three. New Moon and Ralph, and then nice in here and more than I want to remember, which were kind of lower ranked. And then the documentary sorts the last category uh, at 45 minutes in uh, is uh, we have number two. So number one from the get in. Number two, Elephant Whispers with 34 predictions. Uh, How do you measure you at number four uh, with 22 predictions? Halut. 
at number eight with six predictions. The Martha Mitchell effect at number nine with 11 predictions. And then Stranger at the Gate at number 11 uh, at 100 to one odds with 10 predictions. So the two, uh, the only two out of five from Gold Derby, the ones that did not make it in. Uh, Flag Makers uh, at, had 38. Uh, Flag Makers, uh, which one had, um, I, I, I forgot to write down how many people voted Flag Makers. I feel like almost everyone did. Um, and then 30 at the Garden, 38 at the Garden. Oh, sorry. Flag Makers had 37 out of 43. 38 at the Garden, ranked number three, had thir- had 31 out of uh, 43 predicted. And then Noose and Spare uh, had 24 predicted predictions at number five did not make it in this is the worst category of the entire year 1.74 out of five most commonly two no perfects in fact no one even got four out of five they were only the max people got were three out of five here so yeah this was a terrible category prediction wise um yeah personally i got two out of five elephant whispers and halut somehow uh, i went for flag makers through the in the garden and american justice on trial as my other three so kind of looking at back, right? So let's see. Um, what can we talk about? So we have the biggest surprises, right? So these are all the films that, according to Gold Derby, had 100 to 1 odds to make it and somehow made it in. So these are Ruben Ostlund, uh, number 13 for director. Uh, the Sea Beast, number 8 for animated. Uh, a House Made of Splinters, number 10 for documentary. And then Everything Every All at Once uh, for score, uh, number 10, 100 to 1 odds. And then for song, Everything Every All at Once, This is a Life. Um, again, 100 to 1 odds at the 10th place. And then, of course, the the swords, you know, um, Knight Rider, number 12, and Stranger of the Gate had 100 to 1 odds, but those always won in those categories. Um, and in the biggest snub, so here I just went with films that were ranked three or higher according to Gold Derby that did not make it in. So this was uh, Daniel Deadweiler uh, for Actress at number three, uh, Paul Dano for Supporting Actor at number three, uh, The Whale for Adapted Screenplay number two, This Isn't to Leave International number two, uh, Top Gun Maverick for Cinematography number one, uh, which you know I think uh, the only feature category that that got number one category got, the number one prediction got snubbed. Uh, Pinocchio uh, for score and really this plot this plot uh, at number three got snubbed and then uh, in the sorts uh, Warsaw at number three for live action New Moon at number two for animated sorts and then one and three for documentary sorts flag makers and 38 at the garden so uh, overall the average participant uh, in my contest had uh, 85.09 correct predictions total this is compared to gold derby's 92 correct and in my personal 85 so i'm just uh, slightly below average uh, going by the most com- by the most common for each category most people got two categories five out of five uh, actor and original screenplay um you know uh and then um you know we have nine uh four out of fives uh eight three out of fives two two out of fives uh for uh cinema photography and documentary sort and then uh, on average you would have uh, the average person had about nine best picture totals so about 83 total so you know i'm definitely right somewhere in the middle um in general above line categories were a little bit better predicted 3.74 um out of uh, out of five um uh we have below the line had 3.51 and then the three feature categories uh had 3.72 and then the sorts underperformed at only 2.59 out of five so yeah, those are all the stats for each category, all the nominees. Um, but yeah, so let's get to the contest results. So um, before we get to the winners, uh, some shout outs. Uh, first off, shout out to some guy named James who had appeared on the co- podcast previously. Um, and he's the one co-directors of the Academy of Death Racers Film Festival. He actually had the most perfect categories at six total. He got actor, animated, sound, makeup, visual effects, and original screenplay. So shout out to you, James. And then two people uh, on um, on... 
two people, uh, Matt Johnson on the Discord, aka MGJ117 on Reddit, as well as Flying Octopus on the Discord, were able to predict the correct uh, best picture lineup 100%. So shout out to you guys. All right, let's work up to our top score. So actually, 15 of the 43 contenders were actually able to match or beat Gold Derby's predictions, which compared to last year, our winner last year was the only person to ever tie Gold Derby last year. So the fact that we're getting better at predicting Gold Derby and you know and beating them out is 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 uh, feeling good to me. Uh, no one beat 100 this year, un unfortunately, but still, um, you know, great great performance overall. If, if a third of us could get at least Gold Derby level. So, for those with a Gold Derby tying score of 92, congratulations to Supreme Burrito on Discord, Pedro Lima on Discord, Ben Kelly 66 on Discord, Savannah on Discord, and then Sabato on Discord. Um, at 93 points, one just, just one above Gold Derby, uh, we have the aforementioned uh, some guy named James. Uh, also have Rosant on Discord, and then. Uh, us, uh, Asamiento Sultz uh, on Discord as well. So congrats to you guys for getting 93. Uh, for 94, uh, we have Chris FHD on on Discord, uh, Rian Dofei on Discord, um, Agrajag22 on Reddit, and then Suen Sandal on Reddit, uh, all with 94 points correct. So congrats to you guys. In third place, uh, with 95 points, we have uh, Nibor Kionis uh, on Discord. Congrats to you guys. Congrats to you, my fellow Filipino. Um, at number seven, we have the aforementioned Flying Octopus, who got uh, the perfect best, best picture lineup. Um, so yeah, 97 is amazing. Uh, that's a whole category above uh, Gold Derby. But um, the winner for this year had a stunning 99 correct predictions, just one sort of 100. And that goes to Kathy from Discord. So congratulations to you, Kathy. Just going over her ballots, she had five perfect categories and only one category below uh, three out of five. That would be the docs category. Uh, most of her misses, frankly, were those that pretty much everyone else missed. So that she kind of kept pace where everyone else was missing. So you know, nothing too egregious. Um, so so yeah, congrats to her. Um, I'll be in touch with you over Discord about that prize. Um, and again, thanks again to everyone who participated, who shared the link. Um, you know, and hey, you know, this isn't the last contest of the season. This is just a nomination contest. Um, you know, probably a couple weeks before the actual Oscars, I will be having uh, a contest for the winner predictions, which again will have a similar prize as well. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. But yeah, congrats and thanks to everyone for entering this contest. Now, uh, predictions aside, this is still the Oscars Death Race podcast, and uh, you know, with all the nominees announced, it's time to it's time to try and you know watch everything. Now, personally, I am currently at twelve out of thirty nine features and zero out of fifteen sorts, so a fair bit to go. Uh, so let's go through each nominee in order of how many nominations they had and where you can find them. Uh, these are these locations are all going to be U.S. centric, so apologies uh, for my international listeners. I'll also be noting which nominees uh, over or underperformed my expectation nominees-wise, at least for those um, with multiple nominations. All right. So first up, uh, the big, the big uh, kind of front runner this year uh, is Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, with eleven nominations: the Best Picture, six above the line, and four below the line. Um, which actually somehow they exceeded my expectations. I only had them at Best Picture, six above the line, and three below the line. Um, currently is available for PVOD uh, for twenty dollars, or is available on Showtime if you have access to that. Um, next up at nine nominations, we have All Quiet on the Western Front, um, one, uh, one Above the Line, Seven Below the Line, of course, Best Picture, um, currently available on Netflix. This one also overperformed for me. Um, again, I completely underestimated it. Um, I only had Best Picture, uh, One Above the Line, and then uh, One Below the Line. 
um, for also had nine nominations, Banshees of Inisherin, which pretty much performed as I expected. One, one Best Picture, six above the line, mostly acting, and then uh, two below the line nominations, currently available on HBO Max. Um, we have Elvis, uh, also on HBO Max, with eight nominations. Um, pretty much as I expected, Best Picture, one above the line, six below the lines. Uh, Fablements did better than I expected. Um, it's currently available on PVOD for $20, has seven nominations. Uh, Best Picture, four above the line and one below the line. Um, I was uh, only one, three above the line and one below the line in my predictions. Uh, Tar also overperformed. Uh, six total nominations. Above, uh, best Picture, three above the line, two below the line. I only had it in the above the line nominations. Currently is streamable, uh, 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 currently rentable on VOD for I believe $6 or so. Um, Top Gun Maverick is currently available on Paramount Plus, though given how much money it's made, I have the feeling I have a feeling you've probably seen it in theaters. Um, it has six nominations, which is about uh, online with what I predicted. Uh, one, uh, uh, though a little bit of a different distribution. Um, I had it in only uh, uh, um, uh, Best Picture and uh, and five below the lines. It missed, of course, uh, on cinematography, but did make on make up for it by getting the adapted screenplay nomination. Uh, in fifth, uh, we have five nominations for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Right now, um, as I record, it is only in theaters, but it will drop, I believe, February first on Disney Plus. Though for me, it's actually I think cheaper to see it since I don't have Disney Plus anymore, but I do have AMC A list. Um, I'm planning on seeing it this Saturday, I think. Um, that is uh, five total nominations, uh, which is pretty much what I expected. Um, we have Avatar Way of Water, um, currently only in theaters, of course, though, again, with how much money it's made, you've probably seen it in theaters. Um, this one underperformed a little bit, actually, for me. Um, it only has four total nominations, uh, Best Picture and three below the line. Um, I had Best Picture and five below the line. Uh, Babylon also underperformed. Uh, it only has uh, three below-the-line nominations. I had it in Best Picture as well as four below-the-lines. Uh, Babylon is currently um, only in theaters, um, but it's only in about 300 theaters or so worldwide and, and going fast. Um, I believe it's been confirmed it'll be coming to PVOD uh, February 21st. Um, and then uh, at some point after that, though we don't know how long after that it will be before Oscars, it'll be on Paramount+. Plus. Um, and then let's see, we have the Batman, also three below the line nominations. I had that five, so a bit of an underperformance by my expectations. Currently available on HBO Max. Um, and then Triangle of Sadness, a big overperformer. I had it getting nothing. It ended up getting Best Picture and two above the line nominations. Um, currently rentable on VOD for $6. Um, the Whale um, underperformed my expectations. Um, I had it in Best Picture, three above the line and one below the line. It only got two above the line and one below the line for three total. Again, currently only in theaters. This one might be a little hard for some people to find. It did recently last weekend have a wide expansion up to about 1,500 theaters or so. Um, so I say you probably have a couple of weeks to catch this in theaters before it stops making money and they start pulling it from theaters, especially with um, um, Ant-Man Quantumania coming coming out uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, so definitely, you know, make make time to see this in theaters if you can. Um, although, and I, we don't currently have any details on when it will be coming to digital anytime soon. Um, and then we have Living, uh, two nominations, which is you know pretty much why I pegged for two above the line nominations. Uh, this one is going to be screwing up a lot of people's faces. You know, as of last weekend, it was only in about less than fifty theaters nationwide, and right now here in New York, I can only see it in one theater. Um, no word on a digital release. I mean, Sony Pictures Classic has been pretty bad about getting uh, all of their uh, stuff out there. Um, so yeah, if you have it in the theater near you, go see it. But otherwise, uh, you know, you're gonna just have to pray that this comes out to digital on time. Um, 
or or has a bit more of an expansion before them. So yeah, definitely definitely check your local art house cinema for living. Um, and then the last multi nominee of the night um, is Woman Talking, uh, which you know under it's it's did about the same though uh, in a way a little overperformance. I only had it uh, getting uh, an above the line and a below the line. Here it only got a uh, best picture and above the line. Um, currently only in theaters. It just got to one fifty as of this past weekend. So I have a feeling it'll probably slowly expand throughout award season. Um, especially I believe Regal is going to be doing like a six dollar tickets to see every to see for each best picture nominee at some point in the future so woman talking being a best picture nominee i think will be accessible um if not just immediately so but i think it, it definitely will be will be accessible so i wouldn't worry too much about it so okay those are all the films with multiple nominations here are all the films with just one nomination i won't say if they over or underperformed for me here just to save time um after sun uh currently available on vod for six dollars blonde currently available on netflix uh to leslie the andrea riseborough film that got best actress currently thankfully currently available on vod for seven dollars uh causeway for byron tyree henry uh, apple tv plus um glass onion available on netflix currently uh bardo also on netflix um empire of light is currently only in theaters however it has been confirmed it will be coming to hbo max uh, on february 7th uh, mrs harris goes to paris is currently available for peacock on peacock premium for free or if you don't want to do get Peacock Premium, you can rent it uh, on VOD for $6. Um, Pinocchio, available on Netflix. Uh, Marcel the Sills with Suzanne, currently rentable for VOD for $5. Uh, Puss in Boots is currently in theaters, but also currently rentable, although that said, the renting price is $25, which is a little bit steep and frankly, probably more expensive than seeing it in theaters. Um, but, you know, uh, it'll probably be in theaters, frankly, until April, just because there are no other kids' movies coming out between now and the Mario movie. So Puss in Boots, I think, will definitely be accessible if you want to see it uh, in theaters. Um, and hey, it definitely has the and, and, and worst case scenario, it does have the backup rentable option. Uh, sea Beast available on Netflix. Turning Red available on Disney Plus. Um, All that breeds the documentary not currently available anywhere, but it, it, like uh, like Empire of Light is confirmed to be coming to HBO Max on February seventh. So uh, keep keep an eye out for that. Um, now the other documentary that I think it will be harder to access will be Be All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. Currently not available online. It is rumored it will come to HBO Max, but no date has begun. Uh, rumors are that it will maybe come out, but it might be in March after the Oscars on the 31st, which will be too late for the Oscars death race. So um, currently, according to my sources, it is in 24 theaters across the country. So if it's near you, uh, I know here in New York, for example, it's at the IFC Center, uh, you'll probably need to make that trek to go see it in theaters and probably sooner rather than later. Um, Fire of Love, the documentary, is available on Disney Plus uh, on the National Geographic channel. Um, a House Made of Splinters is, I don't think, any, is, is, is strictly available in the U.S., but uh, it is available on the BBC iPlayer, so all you need is a, Brit a British VPN to be able to see it online. Uh, Navalny um, is available on HBO Max. On HBO Max, um, Argentina 1985 is available on Amazon Prime um, for free if you have Prime membership. Um the rest of the international films, not as easily available. Um, Close, the Belgian film, not currently available as of this recording. That said, this coming weekend, actually, as this episode comes out, it'll have a limited release, uh, probably in New York and L.A., frankly speaking, uh, in theaters January 26th. Hopefully it expands out a little bit more after that. 
um, EO, the Donkey Movie uh, from Poland, not currently available online. It is in theaters, about 80 of them so far. It's been doing pretty well. I think the Oscar boost will help it keep it in theaters for a little bit longer. Um, I know here in New York it's playing, I believe, at the at the Lincoln Film Center, um, though they only have dates up through February 2nd, so hopefully it can last a little bit longer than that. Um, and then uh, Quiet Girl, the Iris film, uh, had a one-week release in December where it did really well. Um, it ha will have a more broad release in select theaters, so I don't know if that's just New York, LA, or, for, or a little bit more available on February 24th. I know the Angelica Film Center here in, in, in Manhattan uh, will be getting it March 3rd, so I think, you know, it'll, it'll be one of the last films you watch probably, but it'll be, it, it, it should come to theaters at some point. Um, and then we have RRR, which is available on Netflix, though, uh, if you have a chance, see it on the big screen. And then the big one, uh, Tell It Like a Woman. So, again, this is the true white whale of this season. And, of course, it's the Diane Warren uh, song nominee, which means it's going to be the last film I watched this year. Um, it is it, – it, it, this one's – I don't know. The joke is that this film doesn't exist. It doesn't have a Wikipedia page. It had a one-week release in one theater in Los Angeles in October. It apparently appeared at the Taormina Film Festival in Italy in late June, July last year. Which, funnily enough, there's actually you know there was in the in this in the subreddit in the Discord uh, yesterday. Somebody came in asking like, "Hey, where can I watch where can I watch these films?" He didn't have tell it tell it to, tell it like a woman on the list. We all were freaking out like, "Have you seen this?" And he's like, "Yeah, I saw it at the film festival last year." Which is like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, of course, one of the few people who saw it in the film festival would actually be in our, death, in our, in our server. Um, yeah, it's not available anywhere online. It's been picked up by Samuel Goldwyn Films, but there are there is no news from them about when they will be releasing it. The only thing I can find about the screening for it is that the Italian mission to the United Nations here in New York will have a screening of the film at the United Nations on March 3rd in celebration of, you know, I think, like, in celebration of women, but there was no, there was no indication that it will be open to the public or not. So, I mean, yeah, this is going to be the white whale that, if anything, will ruin my race. I mean, I have the breakthrough rule why you have to watch the entire film if you, if it's the only film keeping you from finishing the death race. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, and and frankly, the fact that all the other nominees are in films I will I, I'll have already watched means it'll probably be the only film I need to watch to watch finish the death race. So. I'm just praying for a miracle that this somehow gets out there. I don't know. Maybe I'll try to send some emails and bother Samuel Goldwyn until they actually put out news or maybe have a virtual screening for it or something. I don't know. But yeah, Tell It Like a Woman is uh, is, is is going to be the, the thing that ruins most people races this year. So yeah, and then of course we have the sorts which you know I can try to watch. Mo I, I I you I I'll have the option to watch these at the IFC Center. They always do a sorts program every year. I know many kind of art house theaters across the country kind of do something similar. In case you wanted to watch them at home, though, many of them are available. Um, so in animated, um, the boy the ho the boy the mole the fox the horse um is on Apple TV Plus. The Flying Sailors on the New Yorker. Ice Merchants New Yorker. My Year of Dicks on Vimeo. The one not available is an ostrich told me the world is fake and I think I believe it, so, you know, good luck finding that one. Um, I know people have copies of it floating around somewhere. Um, documentary, we have Elephant Whisperers on Netflix, Howlut from The New Yorker, Martha Mitchell Effect also on Netflix, and then uh, Stranger at the Gate also on The New Yorker. Uh, How Do You Measure Year is the one not available online anywhere. Again, people have access to this uh, if you know who to ask. Um, live Action Sword is the one that's mostly not available, so this one I may actually end up seeing it in uh, in the IFC Center. Um, so The Pupil on Disney Plus uh, and Knight Rider uh, from New Yorker um, is available um, online. Um, otherwise, Iris Goodbye, Valu, and Red Suitcase are not available. 
Okay, so we are, what, about an hour plus into the episode. Um, yeah, I mean, we went through every category, so that's to be expected. Um, to wrap up this episode, let's go over, um, you know, my plan for what to finish out this death race. I think it's actually doable. Again, a lot of stuff to maybe get lucky with, but I think I'll be able to watch all of them except for maybe uh, Tell Like a Woman. Um, so, yeah. We have four episodes in, in February, then two in March, so call it six and a half weeks. Um, and technically, again, I, I usually end up watching stuff between that last, um, that last, uh, yeah, and, and and that includes like that last half week between my last episode before the Oscars and the actual ceremony. So twenty four features in and fifteen swords in six and a half weeks. So here's my current plan. So. This, this coming week, right, I'm planning on rounding out the big multi-nomination films. So All Quiet on the Western Front, which is on Netflix, um, and Triangle of Sadness, which is rentable, which would clear out director and an original screenplay category. So I'm going to rent that online. Um, I've also unsubscribed from Disney+, Plus, like I mentioned. So it's cheaper for me to actually go to theaters to watch Black Panther in theaters with my AMC A-list versus resubscribing. So I'll try to do that. You know, I, I have tickets to see that this coming Saturday. And it, it has six nominations. So, I mean, it's going to it's, it's gonna be a, a multi-hitter. Um Hopefully, I can find time to see EO in the Lincoln Center sometime this week since it looks like it's going to be leaving there after February 2nd, though that might just be they have to extend it week by week. So, you know, in this week should be four films, two of which need to be in theaters. And then the week ending February 8th, I'm going to try to watch Women Talking in Theaters, uh, which thankfully I think is a sword film. Uh, Blonde, which is not a sword film, but luckily is on Netflix. And then Two Leslie, uh, which would round out the lead actress and Best Picture nominees. Um, so three films total, one of which is, again, Blonde with a massive three hours. Uh, one of these will be in theaters. Maybe if I don't catch EO, maybe, you know, maybe I can catch that this weekend to get up to four. I don't know. Um, that's also a sword film. Uh, the week ending February 15th, um, uh, I will try to watch uh, The Whale, um, Living, Ashton, Causeway, and Close. So three of these are in theaters and two of them are on streaming. So hopefully my wife will, will be understanding. Um, this is a lot, but it would clear out all the actor nominees, you know, Whale, um, Whale, Living, uh, Ashton, and Causeway, um, and also the screenplay nominees um, of... Um, Screenplay nominees of uh, Causeway, uh, sorry, of 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 um, of of living of living. Um, I, I'm also hoping to see Close. Maybe it might not be this week. Maybe it might be like the week after. Technically, I will be in Philly um, for a Magic the Gathering event. So you know, maybe I'll take an evening off from playing Magic one day and go see you know at, at Landmark uh, Ritz in Philly or something to see Close or something like that. Um, the week ending February 22nd, I'm going to try to do all the documentaries. So All That Breeds is not going to be on HBO Max by this point. House Made of Splinters, I'll get a, a VPN to see it on BBC. Navalny is on HBO Max. Hopefully sometime this point, maybe when I'm in Philly, maybe not, I don't know. Um, I'll hopefully have been able to see All the Beauty and Bloodshed at some point. Uh, the week ending March 1st, uh, I'm going to try to see all the sorts. So, you know, the stuff that I'm available online and then hopefully I can get to the IFC Center for the live action sorts. Um, and then, uh, though they won't have any details on this yet, um, I'm also going to try to fill out this episode and not, not just be sorts, but also uh, the two animated films I haven't seen, but those are available online, you know, Sea Beast and Puss in Boots um, and also international film Argentina 1985, also available online. Uh, March 8th is going to be the winner's predictions episode. Uh, Filming-wise, um, I'm going to be, you know, this will be shortly after The Quiet Girl hits theaters, so I'm going to try to watch it by then. Um, and then the other technical films that I haven't seen, you know, Mrs. Paris Goes to Paris for Costume, Empire of Light and Bardo and Cinematography, these are all available online, so those will be easy enough to watch. 
So March 12th will be the Oscar ceremony. Um, so, you know, March, uh, by on March 15th, we'll know if I finished the race or not. Um, hopefully, we'll have some access to Tell It Like a Woman by then. Um, and of course, any other films I ended up procrastinating on uh, not being able to get to, um, you know, I'm hopefully going to be able to, to see uh, to see before the Oscar nomination. And, you know, of course, we have other films coming out in this time period, mostly Ant-Man and also the Cocaine Bear coming out in this time period. So, um, yeah, we'll see uh, if I'm able to watch everything uh, that I want to. But yeah, that's the Oscars with Death Race for 2023. Definitely looks to be a little bit more challenging, I think, than last year's. You know, the past couple of years, we've been spoiled by things coming out on streaming just because of that's the way things have been. Now, you know, obviously with things kind of recovering, you know, especially with Teller Like a Woman being the white whale and living as well, um, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. But, you know, I still think it's entirely doable. Um, also, you know, I didn't have time to put it into this episode. We're nearly nearing we're over an hour, but, you know, um, I also asked people uh, when I did my um, when I did my uh, my prediction contest. Um, again, congratulations to all the, to the winners there. Um, you know, I did ask them to do a breakdown of uh, who they thought would uh, or put, to vote who they wanted to get the Oscar nominations, not versus who they thought. So, you know, out of the forty three people, nineteen people ended up actually submitting something. So, a pretty interesting result. Again, I don't have time to go through every category here. Um, the one I'll give give real quickly is best picture. Um, so, you know. We still have everything everywhere. We still have Tar, Banshees, and Top Gun. Um, but uh, the other nominees would have been very different. We have Glass Onion, Batman, Nope, Babylon, and After Sun. So, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and uh, put a post up on Reddit uh, for uh, also Fablemans uh, that still kept it in there. So I'll probably put a post up on Reddit. Um, again, so congratulating the winners and giving kind of like the overview of these results. I'm also going to do another post on Reddit at some point about, you know, kind of like I've been doing these analysis prior to the race um, you know to see you know what indicators are actually valid indicators or not um, so I'll, I'll see how well I did on those um, but then also I'll do a, a results on hey, hey what, what would people have wanted to see you know from people who, who ended up making these predictions um, but yeah I already saw the results on discord and I'm going to put the post on reddit so keep an eye out for those um, in any case that wraps up this episode of the Oscars Death Race podcast let me know how your death race is going have you are you one of those people who completed the race uh, entirely before, or maybe not including uh, Tell Like a Woman, but mostly completed the race before, uh, as soon as nominations were announced? Um, let me know over on Twitter at OscarsDRaceCast or email OscarsDeathRacePodcast at DMR.com or even just Discord. Make sure to subscribe to the show on podcast service of choice, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And if you can leave us a review, that's, uh, I would just say with a friend who loves movies. That is super helpful. I know a lot of you uh, probably have friends or maybe in Oscar polls or whatnot. Um, anyway, uh, those will all be linked in the show notes alongside my letterbox account username ninja boy boy with an i make sure you check out the oscar race and oscars death race subreddits and the academy of death racers discord as well as oscarsdeathrace.com and deathracetracking.com um, music is provided by kevin macleod his stuff is incompetent for music the io editing production by by ninja boy media that's it for this week this has been paulo of the oscars death race podcast and until next time i'll be here trying to watch all the oscar nominees or die trying happy racing everyone mm-hmm.